This is Paul Schneiderman today on the 94th edition of Sports Untold on Rainier Avenue Radio. My guest today is NBA legend Lenny Wilkins. Lenny uh, Wilkins does not need a long introduction, but I will mention that Coach Wilkins was the coach of the great Seattle Supersonics team that won the NBA championship in 1979. Uh, Coach Wilkins is a great ambassador of the sport of basketball and American sports in general. Um, I will mention that Coach Wilkins has the distinction of being inducted three times in the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame as a player, as a coach, and in 2010 as part of the 92 U.S. Olympic Dream Team, where Lenny Wilkins was an assistant coach. Um, it's a real honor to have you on my show, Mr. Wilkins. I will share with you that um, I attended your basketball camp as a kid growing up, and I have one fun story for you. When I was a kid growing up in Northeast Seattle, during the 77-78 season, my mother woke me up and shared with me the Sonics had hired you as a new coach. So your name has been coming up in my life since I've been a youngster. <laughs> well, that, that was a while ago, and it has to be a great memory for you. It, it certainly was for me. Uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, came and um, uh, I was traded here as a player, and, uh, and then a year later... Uh, I was asked to uh, be a player coach, and uh, I told I kidded the general manager. I told him he was crazy, but uh, <laughs> when I thought about it, we were so close to training camp that I said, "Okay, I'll try this. Uh, I think I can do it." And it turned out to be great. Great memories. I appreciate again coming on Sports Untold and Rainier Ave Radio. You know, Mr. Wilkins, you grew up in New York City, and basketball has been a big part of your life. I want to ask you how you got the basketball bug as a kid growing up in New York. But I have another question for you. If you did not become a pro basketball player, what career route, career route do you think you would have gone? Maybe an educator? Well, the, the, the career route, certainly uh, I have thought about uh, being a teacher. I was very impressed with my high school, uh, one of my teachers who taught history. Uh, he, he was an incredible uh, teacher and communicator. But uh, growing up in Brooklyn at that time, I was a big Dodger fan. So really, baseball was my first love. And uh, I saw the Dodgers play. I used to go to Ebbets Field. I got to meet Jackie Robinson. And uh, so uh, he was a, a big uh, influence. Uh, but then uh, it turned to basketball. I had a very close friend who, who was a great baseball player and basketball player. His name was Tommy Davis, and he played for the Dodgers. So we went to high school together, and uh, eventually uh, I uh, got the basketball bug, and uh, my uh, love turned in that direction. Great mentioning uh, some figures such as Jackie Robinson, Tommy Davis. Um Mr. Wilkins, your father, I know, sadly died when you were young. Um, can you share about some of the people who've been influences in your life? Uh, feel free to mention your wife and your mother's influence and how they have influenced your career. Well, certainly my mother was a huge influence. I mean, she was a strong lady. She had to be and uh, during that time. And she was always telling us that uh, we had to... Uh, be proud of who we are, and uh, she told us that respect was a two-way street, so if you wanted it, you have to give it. Uh, and, and then in my parish, uh, the priest, uh, Father Mannion, his name was Tom Mannion, he was great with all the young people, uh, sports, uh, he um, got us to uh, play sports in, in the neighborhood and things like that, and 
he was a guy that when I'd get a little frustrated, uh, his comment was always, well, who promised you? Did someone promise you it was going to be easy? And at first I didn't get it, but then after a while I began to understand. And that uh, he said that you're capable and you can make a difference. And that's what you have to remember. So, you know, those things happen. And then uh, I had a, a guy in the neighborhood who was uh, an All-American at Syracuse University. His name was Vinnie Cohen, and he was a basketball player. And, uh, and I started to, to play, and when I saw that I could guard him, I, I thought, well, you know, this may not be bad at all. So, so I had some people who influenced me uh, in my life. And, they, you know, Jackie Robson was a great role model. Uh, he was a, a man on the field and off the field, great family man and a great athlete, intelligent and fierce. What an amazing so those, guy. Those pe- yeah, those are the people that kind of influenced me a lot. And, uh, you know, and I had other people come in later on that influenced me just as well who uh, the thing that I saw was that if you want to make a difference, you can make a difference. Great, great, great uh, influences in your life. Paul Schneier, I'm a host of Sports Untold on Rainy Revenue Radio, the 94th edition with uh, Lenny Wilkins. All right, Coach, I, I frequently ask this question, these two questions to guests, and I get terrific answers. Um, my first question is, who is a living sports figure that you would love to interview or have a conversation with? It can be a coach, a general manager, a player, media figure. Who's a living sports figure you'd just love to chat with? Oh, geez, I, that's, that's hard. Uh, you, you know, I, uh, I, I've i met so many great people. And, uh, you, you know, it's, um, I mean, I, I had the privilege to, to meet Mandela when I was in South Africa and talk with him. And, wow. Uh, you know, uh, I uh, I know uh, I got to know Joe Biden uh, when he was Obama's uh, uh, vice president, and, uh, and and now here he is president. Uh, so I, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, I enjoy people, and uh, whether uh, there's someone now, I'm sure there is, but. Uh, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. I understand. Well, well, Nelson Mandela and Joe Biden are pretty big people to get to know. Um, who's a deceased sports figure in history that you would have loved to have interviewed or had a conversation with? Uh, probably, um, you know, I, I, I knew Babe Ruth when I, uh, when I was growing up. I used to hear the stories about him. Wow. I would say that he would be one, uh, you know, um, uh, I, uh, I did get to meet, uh, Billy Mills who, uh, reminded me of Jim Thorpe. Uh, you know, those histories I, I learned about as I started to grow and mature. And so those are, those are people that I think would have been very interesting, uh, to, to know and meet. For sure, not too many people living today knew Babe Ruth, Coach. That's pretty incredible that you that you spent some time yeah. with him. That's really something, Coach. As I mentioned in the introduction, you took over the Sonics during the seventy seven seventy eight season when the team started five and seventeen, 
and the team ended up making the NBA championship. And some people believe it was one of the biggest turnarounds of any pro sports team in, in history. Although the 78 team did not beat the Bullets in the championship, can a case be made that that 77-78 season is almost more fascinating than the 78-79 NBA championship season? Well, I would say it's just as fascinating uh, because we uh, people, you know, had given up on the Sonics. Uh, they they got off to a terrible start. They were five and seventeen, and uh, I was very blessed. And in, in when I took over the team, to be able to turn it around, and you know, uh, I was uh, I and I had influenced some of the trades. You know, uh, what, I was in the front office at the time. Uh, that season, and the team, um, you know, they were going to trade Fred Brown, and I blocked that trade. I said it wasn't a good trade, and I thought that we should keep him. Uh, I, I was able to acquire Gus Williams for a second-round pick. I picked up uh, uh, John Johnson also. We trade for him a second-round pick. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, when I was able to take over, uh, I talked to the team and told them, you know, what my plans were, how I felt, you know, we could be good, and I uh, wanted them to buy in, and, and they did. They bought into the into my thinking, and uh, we won 10 straight, and then we won 16 out of 17 games, and 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 I tell you, it was wild and crazy, and we got to the playoffs, and uh, I, you know. Uh, the Washington Bullets beat us. Uh, they were a great team, but we had a play in the game that really hurt us toward the end, and they won. Uh, and give them credit, you know. But we came back the next year believing we could win, and so it was a marvelous time. And uh, I, I just remember it so well. Incredible times. I remember it as well as a little kid. Um, Coach, is that 77-78 Sonics team, although you did not win the championship that year, is that one of the teams that you're most proud of that you coached? Oh, no question about it. No question about it. I, I think neither team uh, got the credit they should get, you know, for what we accomplished. Uh, I mean, guys were unselfish. We played defense. We played offense. We moved the ball. Uh, I mean, they, they did a wonderful job. A lot, of, a lot of great era. Um, coach, you know, in your career, you've been a general manager. You were a coach, uh, NBA coach. You, you, you did so many things, but you never were a college coach. Is there a side of you that ever wish you had coached college basketball? Well, you, you know, it's just uh, how things happen. Uh, I, you know, when I, I was uh, a player and, and then I became a player coach, and the opportunity to uh, be a head coach was there, and and I thought I knew the game. I thought I could do a good job, and so I, I took advantage of the opportunity that was there. Um, now, you know, uh, college coaches do a great job. Uh, I had a, a great college coach when I went to Providence. His name was Joe Mullaney, who, who did a marvelous job. And uh, But uh, it's just that, circumstances the opportunity uh wasn't there because i had a uh to me what i felt was a great opportunity to become a coach a head coach in the nba and i took advantage of it absolutely absolutely 
Um, another part of your career, as I alluded to a minute ago, you know, you were a player, you're a coach, a general manager, director of player personnel. Would you ever want to be an owner of an NBA team? Would you ever want to have an experience as an owner of an NBA team? Oh, I, I think that would be fun. You know, <laughs> it, it requires a lot of money today. So, uh, but uh, I think it would be fun. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, to uh, purchase something, uh, help it grow, mature, and become, uh, you know, uh, a very valuable entity, I think that would be wonderful. Yeah. No, I could see you as an owner. So there was a gentleman who I did not know well, but we met several times. And I know that you knew Walter Schoenfeld, and, and Walter was uh, a part owner of the Sonics, and I believe he was a friend of yours. And Walter has a story involving you. I may not be telling it completely correctly, but um, I still want to get your thoughts on it. And there was a story where... Apparently, Walter took you aside when you were a coach and suggested that a particular player be on the roster, but then you made a decision that the player would not be on the roster. And Walter said he learned a lesson after that to not get involved as an owner in basketball decisions. Did you find that that some owners would get too involved in basketball decisions, or do you find that most of them would, would back off and let the basketball people make decisions? Well, I, I think some get too involved, but others, uh, they know uh, when they hire a coach, they let him make the decisions. And Walter, I remember that story, and it was <laughs> funny, you know, because uh, he he thought, you know, he, he kind of made a suggestion, and then I went the opposite way. <laughs> but we were, we were great friends, because uh, I used to have lunch with him a lot. I used to go sit in his office, talk with him. You know, uh, Walter was a very, very bright man. And, uh, you know, I miss him to this day. Uh, he, he was a wonderful owner, a wonderful family man. And, and I knew his, got to know his family really well. But when you think about Walter, you know, uh, the guy was very bright and, uh, business wise, uh, he took advantage of the opportunities that he had. And uh, he, it was just someone that I grew to respect uh, quite a bit. He was a nice man, Mr. Schoenfeld. And I, I just always got a kick out of that story um, that, he, that he shared, that, that he learned. I better not get involved in basketball decisions. Paul Schneiderman here on the 94th edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainer Avenue Radio with uh, Lenny Wilkins. Um, Coach, there's a lot of talk right now about um, – the NBA expanding, and you and I certainly want Seattle to have an NBA team again. If you had the powers to decide um, the franchise, the city that would come in with Seattle, which city would you pick to be the 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 thirty second franchise? If Seattle's the thirty first franchise, um, well, uh, they they talk about Las Vegas, uh, you know, and certainly there's a lot of people in and out of Vegas. Uh, so I don't know how it would do with saying having hometown fans, but certainly uh, they would support a franchise. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm. Uh, other than that, I uh, the, the only uh, city that I really care about is uh, Seattle. Uh, I, I want to see us get a franchise back here. I think that we have great, great sports fans in this town, and I think there's still a tremendous amount of Sonic fans here. So I think it would be successful if we were able to get a franchise. I completely agree. You played for the St. Louis Hawks. Um, do, do you think St. Louis could have a case one day to get a franchise back? 
Well, I, I haven't uh, lived, lived in St. Louis since I left there, and uh, so I don't know what the city's like. I haven't been back. I haven't had a reason to go back and see. But at the time, they did support the Hawks, and you have to give them credit for that. Gotcha, gotcha. You played, you played about eight years, I think, for the for the Hawks. I, I played eight years for the Hawks. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you played most of the teams you played for: Seattle, Portland, Cleveland, St. Louis. I hope I have your the teams correct that you played for. They were more smaller, medium market NBA cities. Is there a side of you that wish you played in a big market like Los Angeles or New York? Uh, not really. Not really. I, I grew up in New York, you know, and listen, every time we went back, I enjoyed playing at Madison Square Garden, you know, at the time. Uh, but, um, no, I, I don't miss it. Uh, it's, uh, you know, because you, when you're on a, have an NBA schedule, you get to visit that city anyway. Sure. So even though we still have friends back east and, and some relatives, uh, I think the Northwest is the best place I've been pretty part of the world we live in. Um, Coach, you mentioned that you were a player coach, and I think you were in the last player coaches in the NBA. Um, My question for you, were the dynamics hard as a player coach when you're playing with guys that you're coaching? And do you ever think the player coach concept could ever come back? Uh, No, no, I don't think it'll come back. You know, that's one of the things I began to realize toward the end of my playing coach days was that I was going to have to spend more time teaching, explaining, showing, because the players were coming younger. Uh, they weren't doing college anymore. And, and if they did, they had maybe one year of college ball. So there's a lot more that has to be done. And I don't think that a player coach could do that today and also be effective himself as a player. We also, like in baseball, there used to be player managers. We don't find that a whole lot in other sports either, do we? No, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't think we will. Um, Coach, you, you um, played in the NBA for so many years, and you're, it's, you entered the NBA. Um, I'm sorry, the Naismith Hall of Fame as, as a player and as a coach. Um, can you mention a challenging episode you had in your years as a player? Anything stand out when you look back um, that was a very challenging episode? Well, uh, you know, it's um, the thing I tell young uh, coaches, you know, uh, that uh, to be successful, preparation is so important. They have to prepare themselves. They have to know how to run a practice, how to cover things, and yet not wear their players out. So, so you know, you and and you have to be able to play defense. You have to teach young players how to defend against the screen and roll, how to rotate, how to trap, you know, and cover each other. So uh, it, it, it takes a lot of work. And, uh, and, I, and that's why I say I don't, there's no way you could be a player coach today. But uh, just working on the fundamentals, how to be good, how to be successful, and helping your young players seeing the talent that they have and helping them mature and grow and develop. Uh, those are all things that I enjoyed very much. And I think that's so important to the game. For sure. Um, seems like sometimes the fundamentals are kind of, are kind of blown off to some extent. Um, what was a challenging episode in your years as a coach? You coach for multiple franchises. Any, any episodes stand out where that was a, a challenging time for you as a coach? 
Uh, well, there, there's always uh, every now and then. I mean, I had a, a, a challenging time when I coached the Hawks. I had a player who couldn't make free throws, and uh, even though we worked on him a lot, I had to take him out at the end of the game. And he was upset. He didn't like it, you know, and uh, and he made it, you know, he, he, he was a little demonstrative about it. So I talked <laughs> to him, and I told him that, uh, you know, I would work with him, but I wouldn't put up with his nonsense. So uh, he apologized. He, he didn't want to be traded. And and I told him, I said, okay, uh, I'm going to give you another chance. And you don't have to put your foot over the line. You just have to put your toe on the line and you're out of here. So that, it was a different experience. And uh, and he turned out to be one of the my biggest supporters. So it it, it turned out very well. Seems like the way you handled the players' problems ended up being uh, beneficial for both of you long-term. Well, you know, communication is so important. Even young people today, we've got to communicate. We've got to talk to one another. You know, we've got to be able to find out what we think, how we can be better at what we do, things like that. And I tell young people all the time is that uh, you can make a difference, uh, but you have to be committed to or willing to talk, to commit, to find out what the problem is and how do we go about the solution. No doubt about it. Well, if you got a few more minutes, Coach, i got a few more questions for you. Um, the idea of an NBA franchise hiring a woman coach has been coming up a lot the last couple of years. Becky Hammond's name is a name who's been coming up as a possible head coach. Do you have any thoughts on this subject? Is there anything holding NBA franchises back from hiring a woman to be the head coach? And do you think we'll see a woman NBA coach uh, in the near future? Well, I, I, I do think that we will see one in the near future. I mean, I, you know, I think that uh, women know the game as well as men. And uh, I have a friend who, uh, Nancy Lieberman, who I think knows the game as well as any man. And she's played the game. She understands the sport. Uh, so I, I think that uh, that's something that we will see in the future. Yeah, it seems like it's, it's heading in that direction. It's just interesting that Becky Hammond has, apparently she's applied to be a coach of several franchises, just hasn't, hasn't happened yet. Um, coach, as I mentioned a couple of times, you're a member of the Naismith uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. Um, and you've been in, on three under three criteria as a player, a coach, and as an Olympic um, contributor, um, can you think of a player or somebody in the basketball community who's not in the Naismith Hall of Fame who you really feel strongly should be in? Well, I you, you know I haven't uh, watched as much basketball this year as I normally do, but I'm sure there's someone out there and. Uh, you know, who, who's not in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I just, uh, right now, it's not on the, the tip of my tongue, but I'm sure if I looked and saw, I would come up with a name or two. Sure. One name who comes up, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, is Robert Horry. Robert has seven rings. He was known as a great playoff player, but he doesn't have amazing regular season statistics. Do you think Robert Horry has a case at all, Coach, with seven rings and is a great playoff performer? Uh, no question about it. You know, I mean, he played his role. He came off the bench. I mean, he was uh, very effective uh, in what he did and achieved. As, uh, yeah, he's certainly a name that should be considered. 
You know, it's interesting. I asked that question to some other basketball people, and I get I get different answers from different basketball people about Horry. There's yeah. there seems to be a real split on whether he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, if you got time for me, two more questions that would be that would be great. Um, did did you can you think of a really good player? Um, who was a mega talent, but for whatever the reasons, maybe an injury or other stuff that was going on, who never really made it as a great player. But can you think of a player or two that just had so much talent, but something got in the way from the player becoming a, a star? Uh, I can't think of anyone at this point in time. Uh, I'm sure there is uh, a few, you know, um, but I can't think of anybody right now. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what is in the future for you, Coach? Well, uh, I hope that we get a franchise here. Uh, I'm not looking for a full-time job, but certainly uh, I think I could give input that would help the franchise uh, be successful. Um, you know, I enjoy what I do. I, I do some appearances and speaking engagements and things like that. I'm getting ready to make a couple of appearances uh, um, um this weekend, I'm going to uh, to Colorado Springs uh, to make an appearance for the U.S. Uh, Olympic Committee. And then uh, next week, I'm going to go to Vegas. My assistant coach, Dick Helm, has, is getting the Coaches Association Award, the Tex Winner Award, is for assistant coaches. And he was a tremendous coach uh, as my assistant and he's so deserving. So I'm going to be there to support him during the summer league program. That's great. And you had a good title, Les Habegger, too, didn't you? Yes, I did. Les was a wonderful man. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach Wilkins, really appreciate you spending some time with me on Sports Untold on Rainier Avenue Radio. It's just, it's a real a lot of fun to chat with you. We met several times over the years. And thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you for having me. Appreciate you take care. Look forward to seeing you again soon. Okay, you take care. Thank you, Coach. Bye-bye.